It's December once again, and you know what that means. Voting is now open for the 2022 Glitter Bombs, our fourth annual year-end award show honoring the best in women's wrestling and wrestlers of all marginalized genders. tiny.cc slash glitterbombs is your web address. You go there, you are presented with 10 categories. Favorite wrestler, favorite take team, outstanding performer in a non-wrestling role, honoring all the referees and commentators and managers who excelled in wrestling this year. You tell us who the best heels were, who the best baby faces were, who had the biggest debut of 2022. Any wrestler of marginalized gender, any performer of marginalized gender from any promotion, any country on the planet is eligible. You tell us. All we do is add them up and present the winners at our big award show right here on December 27th. You have until December 14th at midnight Eastern Standard Time to cast your ballot. Tell us who your favorites were this year and who will walk away with a glitter bomb. This is Grit and Glitter. My name is Harvey R. Paget. This week on the show, if you haven't cast your Glitter Bomb ballot yet, you might be struggling a little, maybe. I understand. I get it. It's hard to remember everything that happened this year. And some of these categories are fierce. A category like, say, match of the year. Come on. How many matches were there this year? How many great matches were there this year? In a year like 2022, where it feels like Every single show from every single promotion is streamable. That's a lot of wrestling to watch. There's no way any of us can be expected to watch all of them. So maybe crunch time. You got about a week left to vote in the Glitter Bombs. Maybe you want to quickly watch as many great matches as you can so that you have the most educated ballot possible. That's where this episode comes in. We reached out to a bunch of our friends with their help, with the help of my team of correspondents known as the Glitterati, we are here this week to present to you a bunch of the greatest matches of this year. We asked a bunch of people to tell us what their favorite match of 2022 was, and they are here to do that right now. Let's kick things off with Pro Wrestling Torch contributor Tom Staup and WoW superhero Ruby Rays. Thanks, Harley. If you're listening to my WWE developmental podcast, Bonus Point, on Torch VIP, you'll understand why one of the candidates I was considering here was actually Valentina Feroge versus Ariana Grace, which is very good, and if you're interested, you should check it out. But, for my money, the best match this year was also the best match on the best WrestleMania in many years, between, of course, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. Two people who had arguably a pair of the more organic journeys of success in Vince McMahon's WWE after their respective NXT journeys that were rewarding to track in their own rights, both of them incidentally being major players who never attained the NXT championship. On the spectacle side of things, BB enjoyed one of the more memorable recent Mania entrances through her marching band accompaniment, 
And, you know, we came in with over half a year of storytelling behind us at this point, and enough more to go that we're still enjoying the story now, and it still feels fresh, especially with Becky finally going with the grain and, and being a, uh, a babyface now, although the alignment in this match definitely worked out. Becky is always called fiery and explosive, and that's just natural, because those are always the ways I find myself referring to her, even going eight years back to her early NXT days, coming off a career in stunt work. And she explodes with that signature fire into a callback at the beginning of this match to the SummerSlam commencement of the feud that immediately puts us on the edge of our seats. There's a lot to be said, and I do say it frequently myself, about bringing the crowd down so you can bring them back up again. But this is a rare example of the opposite working like a charm. The manic pace throughout the match is consistent, and like in something like the infamous Cesaro vs. Sami Zayn match of the year, as it was called frequently by WWE themselves, the wrestlers have developed such a good chemistry and trust with one another that they are able to make their work look more extemporaneous and like they're really clawing to win at every moment with every move. And that's so important to the storytelling of any match. And they're often succeeding in making us feel like they could win with any move because there are some really effective near falls, that even ones that don't involve finishing maneuvers. So even though we know better, it still wraps us up in that moment, and that's one of the, one of the things that keeps us watching. So not only is this the best match on the best WrestleMania in years, it's one of the best matches on any WrestleMania ever. So my favorite match of 2022 has to be a match I had against my old road dog and old stablemate, Big Dick Haas. So me and Haas go way, way back. And for a while there, his tag team, True Grit, and me used to hit the road everywhere together. We'd work together as a stable. Um, basically, I was always by his side and never across from him in the ring. So this was the first time doing that. It was for Rival Pro August 2022. So essentially the match was a no DQ two out of three falls match and it was by far one of the hardest hitting matches that night because Haas Hog is a big man like Haas is about six foot two and I want to say he's close to 300 pounds. He's a big boy. He's a big country boy and so this match, you know, it starts off, we're just kind of like feeling each other out and he gets in like this really, really good punch and it winds up taking me down. He gets a quick pin. Um, you know, he's over there. Oh, I get the first pin on him. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I get the first pin on him. And I was like, oh my God, I got the pin. And then all of a sudden I turn and he punches me and it's kind of a, like a, a knockout type punch. I go down and then the last pin, we brawled all over this venue. And it's an American Legion post. So there's booze everywhere. There's food everywhere. There's people everywhere. There's no seats. This is one of the places you go and you stand. You're always up close to action. Um, I remember I definitely got choked by a bullwhip chain. <laughs> like the bullwhip. Um, I had rope around my neck. I... I remember my butt was sitting in beer at some given point. Peter Avalon was there. I smashed Haas's head into the wall next to Peter Avalon. <laughs> it was just, it was just a brawl because he's a brawler and I'm a brawler. And, you know, we're so used to being around each other. We just brawled it out. And, 
at one given point, and here's the kicker, he was uh, he was hurting from something. I walked over to the bar, smashed his head into the bar. I reached in, I grabbed some lemons out of the bar thing with the lemons and the olives and everything. He turns to the crowd. I knock him down to his knee. I grab the lemons and I squeeze the lemons in his eyes. So I'm a jerk. <laughs> but that was definitely like, I've never had so much fun kicking someone's butt in my life. And yes, I came out victorious because I am the equal opportunity ass kicker. And this is what I do. So thank you guys for letting me share my story. This is Ruby Rays. Hopefully everybody has amazing matches going forward next year. Mwah! Hi folks, Jackie here, and I have got not just one, but two choices for match of the year. Why? Because I can't follow rules too well. So my first pick is totally for sentimental reasons, but I have to mention this. It's LVAC, Bash at the Brewery, Abby Jane versus Avery Good for Avery's retirement match. That was such an incredibly special treat to see live. I have been watching Avery Good wrestle for over a decade in um, on the professional uh, wrestling, independent wrestling circuit. I first was introduced to him as Dasher Hatfield uh, and then have watched him grow and evolve. And it was so special to be able to be there for his final match and even more special to watch him go against what he called the future in Abby Jane in what was such an incredibly dynamic and fun and special wrestling match. So that's my first choice for match of the year for, like I said, entirely sentimental reasons. But I do have a second choice for match of the year, which technically, technically takes place at the end of last year. However, it was after the Glitter Bombs voting for last year, so I think it still holds up to be in contention for this year's Glitter Bombs. And that is Penelope Ford and uh, the Bunny versus TJ in a street fight on Rampage, which I believe was on like maybe the last day of the year last year. It might have been on the 31st. Uh, that street fight was one of my favorite street fights in AEW history, not just in, you know, uh, uh, women's wrestling history, but in AEW's history and women's wrestling history. That match was so much fun, so brutal, and also drew some of my favorite blood of the past year as well. So I would be remiss not to remind you all of that fantastic street fight that happened almost a year ago. It's like borderline whether it counts or not, but I am part of the Glitterati. I say it counts. So there you have it, my two matches for match of the year for 2022. Abby Jane versus Avery Good in Avery's retirement match from Bash at the Brewery, and uh, TJ versus Penelope Ford and the Bunny in the amazingly brutal street fight that they had on Rampage. Hey there, my name's Alyssa Marino and I'm a pro wrestling commentator and announcer. And I've had the pleasure of calling some phenomenal matches this year across multiple promotions. Queen Aminata versus Janai Kai from Women's Wrestling Army, Willow Nightingale against Jordan Blade from WWR Plus, the list goes on and on. 
and I'm admittedly awful when it comes to picking favorites of anything except really cereal. So I'm just going to say the following match is a particular one that has stuck in my mind over the past few months, and I'm really excited to share it with you. It's Kylan King defending her CCW championship against Trisha Dora from Capital Championship Wrestling's Capital Cup event back in May. What I loved here is that it was a full circle moment for these competitors. I think it was Kylan who even shared ahead of the match that uh, Trish has been present in her life since she took her first bump. They were trained by the same veterans. They shared car rides from practice. They really sharpened their skills together and then their careers went separate ways. In their time apart, King sat under different learning trees from her multiple AEW appearances, became a decorated champion, defended her gold across the country, and at the same time, Trish was becoming the Pan-African World Diaspora champion, traveling to the UK, competing in Ring of Honor's Quest for Gold tournament. They had faced once before at Generation Championship Wrestling down in Florida back in 2018, and that was in King's rookie year. And it was Trisha Dora defending her GCW Women's Championship. But here at CCW, they crossed paths once more after really coming just leaps and bounds as competitors. This match from the Capital Cup has emotion, has high stakes, technical prowess, and an incredible story of two remarkable women who are just set to prove how far they've come after their journeys have finally led them back to one another. Do yourself a favor, watch this match as well as the matches that I mentioned earlier and even more, go further. <laughs> Women's Wrestling Armies on Pro Wrestling TV, WWR Plus is part of Beyond on IWTV, CCW's catalog is available on Title Match Network. There is just so much amazing talent out there. So I hope that you can dive into some of these gems and enjoy yourself. Thank you so much. Hello, everybody. Ella J here of A Wrestling Gal Podcast here to talk about my favorite women's wrestling match of 2022. And there's definitely been no shortage of stellar performances and talent this year, which makes it even harder to pick just one. But I want to just give a quick honorable mention shout out to Lufisto versus Vita Von Star at Capital Championship Wrestling earlier this year. I got to call that matchup. It was a great clash of the athleticism, the quick paced nature of Vita Von Star is obviously her circus background came into fruition into that matchup with the kind of grittiness, the hardcore essence of the legend veteran Lufisto that really made it blend together really, really well. So quick shout out to that one, but definitely picking one, just one of the year was really, really hard, but I have to go back to WrestleMania 38 in Arlington, Texas. I was there to see it live. We had the man, big time Bex, defending her Raw Women's Championship against the EST of WWE, Bianca Belair, which was in and of itself a perfect storytelling arc, kind of this comeback that Bianca Belair was having as Becky Lynch shocked her at SummerSlam last year, defeated her in 26 seconds, beating her for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Obviously, we had the brand split then. And then we had Bianca Belair go kind of into beast mode leading up to WrestleMania. And she defeated the man, the big time Bex, Becky Lynch, and really was a perfect storytelling, arguably match of the night for me. And not just saying that because I was there, but great storytelling, great match between the two and really was a pinnacle of the 
resurgence of Bianca Belair after she lost her SmackDown Women's Championship to now regain gold and go on to become the Raw Women's Champion. Great emotion, great effort by both in-ring competitors, and really just a culmination of great women's wrestling as well. Hey everyone, um, it's Sydney Von England here of the Von Englands. Um, I'm here to, to talk about what I think is my, my favorite match of the year. Um, there are obviously so many talented GNC wrestlers um, around the world, um, especially in America. But I really want to highlight uh, a match that I had myself this uh, past summer for New Wave Pro at Higher Ground against uh, Jacques Kennedy. Um, Jacques Kennedy is someone I think deserves a lot more spotlight, although they were just featured on Botchamania, so uh, so maybe I'm wrong on that one. Um, but Botchamania for the good reason, they just did the introduction. Um, I can describe Jacques Kennedy as a sadistic hippie um, who, uh, yeah, they're very interesting, very cool, very creative, very young, very hungry. And the match of the year is from, uh, I think from July of this year, for New Wave Pro, as I say, me versus Jacques Kennedy in the hot summer sun the other day in front of a bunch of West Indiana, uh, not even wrestling fans, it was just a fair show, but uh, there are people you get in the ring with and you gel with immediately, uh, and Jacques is one of them. We just, we got in there, we had we had fun, we had a, a good a good match, and uh, you know, for the, for the eight minutes we had, it left me uh, wanting more to have a, have a rematch with Jacques, because I did lose, and I, I'm gracious to admit defeat, um, but yeah. Jacques Candy, definitely someone to watch in the new year. Um, so my, again, my favourite match of the year would be Sydney Von England versus Jacques Kennedy from New Wave Pro's Higher Ground 2022. Hello, this is Sazie Boatwright, and um, it's hard to pick one match that was my favourite from this past year, but since I have to pick one, um, it would be Edith Surreal versus Evil Uno at Enjoy Wrestling uh, in Pittsburgh back in February. Um, I watched them live uh, and um, there was something just so compelling about this match. I couldn't even really tell you what exactly. The way they told the story, the way they move, um, the way they complemented each other as athletes, uh, they I was enthralled the entire time. Um, so I think that that would be my pick for the match of the year. Evil Uno versus Edith Surreal at Enjoy in Pittsburgh. Hi, this is Don Hollowell. I am a writer for PWPonderings.com, and my match of the year is Casey Catal against Mickey Knuckles for the ICW American Deathmatch World Title. And that took place on ICW's No Holds Barred Volume 36 on November 12th in Westville, New Jersey. This year has been absolutely amazing for women in deathmatch wrestling. Casey currently has the American Deathmatch World title. Um, Rina Yashimita has the GCW Ultraviolet title. And then we have had amazing matches from people like Sawyer Rack, Lindsay Snow, Charlie Evans, um, in promotions like H2O, XPW, GCW, promotions over in um, Australia and Europe, just women killing it in deathmatch. So um, this one um, was kind of 
over the top for me because it did signify kind of a passing of the torch from the godmother of Deathmatch Wrestling, Mickey Knuckles, to the current queen of Deathmatch Wrestling, Casey Catal. And there was a moment at the end where they embraced and it did bring a tear to my eye, I have to admit. So that pushed it over the edge for me. Just an incredible, violent match that told an incredible story. So again, that is Casey Catal against Mickey Knuckles from ICW No Holds Barred, Volume 36. This is Bambina, the best pro wrestler live yesterday, and a co-organizer, co-producer with Full Queer Wrestling for Rights out here in the Bay Area. And my match of the year is me versus Brittany Wonder at Headlock on Hunger uh, in Reno, Nevada. Um, yeah, I like, listen, I'm not, I'm not getting myself over. All right. I'm not just, just give me a chance here. Just hear me out. Hear me out. Look, I, you know, I think for the last two, three, even longer than that years, many of us have felt like we have been waking up every day in the first 15 minutes of a disaster film. And that's just been nonstop. And, you know, I started like getting, I started getting momentum as a wrestler, like right in the years leading up to the pandemic. And right when I feel like I was like, you know, ready to, you know, ready to get over that hump, you know, the whole world just like, just fell into a a series of um, dumpster fires encased in dumpster fires encased in dumpster fires. And I went from being able to attend or wrestle at shows with hundreds of fans to like, you know, being like the only person in a coffee shop or a bookstore and which is, you know, extremely, which is, you know, can feel very alienating, especially in a place like the Bay Area, which is so populated and, you know, very communally minded. And so I, you know, I go to, I go to, I go to Reno. I take the train out to Reno and I'm wrestling Brittany Wonder, the first wrestler I've, I've, my, my first opponent ever, my day, my debut was against Brittany Wonder. And, you know, we're, we're beating each other up and I've never been to Reno before. And, you know, that, you know, the, the altitude is totally different. In fact, um, Lester, the legend of Reno scum actually came up to me and like warned me before I got out in my match, like, Hey, you know, if you never wrestle that here, you gotta, you gotta like, you know, be mindful of your breathing. Um, and we get out there and we, we, we beat the tar out of each other. And there's this moment we're both down. We're both rallying to get back up. And the whole audience just starts singing, take me out to the ball game. And it was, I want to say maybe three, four hundred people. It's the largest wrestling crowd I'd been in front of in years. You know, I, and to have all these people, you know, who also survived, like, 
all the things that I had to survive, you know, and we were still able to have this moment where, you know, we had all these people get come together and, and do a sing along, you know, while I fought for my life to re regain my footing. It was, it was very powerful for me, really taught me, you know, it, it reminded me why I do this and why I'm still doing it, even in the middle of like, you know, the pandemic, you know, just inter- interlacing uh, <laughs> Western civilization scenarios. Um, you know, it's why we do this and it's why we have community. Um, and I didn't win that match, so it's fine for me to pick it. Hello, lovelies. It's Brian Bell here from LGBT in the Ring. Um, Harley and M reached out to me to ask what my thoughts were on the match of the year for 2022. Um, and of course, if, if you know me, you know I do a lot of work around definitively ranking things when it comes to pro wrestling. Um, and while I have that skill set within me, I have to admit, I, I have two choices for match of the year because that's just how things are going to go. I, I figured I would th- throw out one that I don't think enough people have seen and one that a lot of people have seen and that you should revisit if you haven't or had because it was a beautiful moment. Um, in terms of the one that I think more people should see, go back to uh, Pride Style Violence Diversified and check out the first Pride Style Championship matchup between Sandra Moon and Papa Yase. When I tell you that the physicality was at a different level compared to what has been seen at other Pride Style shows outside of the deathmatch stuff, um, Sandra and, and Yase brought it to one another. One of the most hard-hitting physical and emotional matches that I have seen this year and, you know, since Pride Style is not on IWTV, your title match, you know, they, they mainly stream on Twitch. Like, I don't know if as many people uh, have seen that match, and you really should uh, find a way to check that one out. I believe it's up on YouTube somewhere. I Don't quote me on that. Secondly, though, and I think the one that takes more prominence both in and out of pro wrestling would be the main event at Paris is Bumping uh, the Legends Ball this year during Pride and Vibe Weekend out at the the Mecca, so to speak, uh, the Knights of Columbus at Ridgeville Park, New Jersey. Dark Sheik, the surreal, Candy Lee, the first ever all-trans women main event in pro wrestling history, uh, as well refereed by, uh, by Crystal, uh, a trans referee as well. Just a, a beautiful moment for what we've seen in terms of advancement of the LGBTQ community, specifically the trans community within that, for them to have a stage where they uh, not only are able to showcase their abilities, but um, be celebrated for it in such a over-the-top fashion that is completely deserved um, is a, was a beautiful sight to see. Uh, the, the image of the three, the four of them, honestly, um, holding their, uh, their bouquets for the, given to them by Billy Dixon with a trans flag behind them is, is a lasting image from 2022 that is not going to leave my brain or many other people's brains for years and years to come. Um, so yeah, I think that's, I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good tandem there for you. 
So my name is Rye Levy. I am the director and producer of the LGBTQIA plus wrestling documentary, Out in the Ring. I was asked to contribute uh, to this amazing uh, podcast episode and discuss my favorite match that represented uh, the diversity and inclusion of gender diverse people uh, in uh, 2022. I was uh, very lucky to have had the opportunity to attend uh, the PW Vibe uh, show in New Jersey in June of 2022. And for me, I was able to uh, experience uh, one of the most groundbreaking important matches in, uh, I think, pro wrestling history. And that was the very first ever all-trans woman uh, main event for a m- major title uh, featuring Dark Sheik, Edith Surreal, and Candy Lee, but also of significance that the match featured a trans woman referee in Ref Crystal. Uh, it was outstanding to be part of that uh, event and watch and showcase these immensely talented women. I can't say enough good things about all of the people involved. Amazing human beings who just perform at a level, I think, because they have so much more to prove, uh, because we've sat in an industry that has often pushed aside those from the LGBTQIA plus community, but also gender diverse people. Um, these three women are among the finest professional wrestlers in wrestling today. Uh, the move sets were incredible and impeccable and just the pure joy of being able to be there and experience that alongside so many other amazing fans and, uh, equally incredible wrestlers was something that I'll never forget. And I think, uh, you know, is worthy of uh, acknowledgement and uh, hopefully will go down as something that is a significant touchdown in the history of uh, pro wrestling in general. Hey everyone, this is Mayday, and my pick for match of the year, unsurprisingly, comes from Impact. It's uh, Masha Slamovich versus Jordan Grace, last knockout standing, Overdrive 2022. This was the culmination of the long-building feud between Masha and Jordan. Um, They both put each other through hell in separate pick-your-poison matches. Uh, First, Jordan had to face Max the Impaler, and that was suitably violent. Then Masha had to face Ali Catch in a Monsters Ball match, which was just ridiculous. Um, they had a face-off at Bound for Glory, and this was the, the final coda to that whole feud. And it was just an absolute old-school slobber knocker. They beat the absolute crap out of each other. Uh, weapons got involved almost from the get-go. Somewhere in there, Masha broke Jordan's nose, and the whole thing ended with a muscle buster off the stairs, through a table, onto the concrete floor. Jesus Christ, everyone involved in this match is absolutely insane. Highly recommend you watch it. Uh, it's on Impact Plus. It's also on YouTube if you're a subscriber. Um, just, just an absolutely ridiculously and amazing and violent match. So anyway, yeah, that's my pick for match of the year. This is M. Fear, and this is my match of the year 
suggestion, selection, recommendation. Um, I'm terrible at these. I have a really hard time picking just one match. And then I'm always just riddled with guilt because, or, you know, insecurity, because like, I certainly haven't seen every worthy match of 2022. So these are my matches of the year based on what I have seen, but I am prepared to be told about a gazillion other matches that are worth checking out from this past year. And I am also completely ready to find one that I even like better than these. But okay, so these matches, right? Because of course I can't pick one. I have I have limited it to two, Harley, okay? Um, so I'm pretty much torn between Kairi versus Mayu for the first ever champion of the IWGP women's title. Um, this match happened at the historic crossover show earlier in November. And this, of course, was the culmination of a tournament to declare the first ever IWGP Women's Champion. This match was everything that I wanted and more. Um, I'm sure that expectations were really high, and I believe that both of these women delivered in the ring and in the storytelling. As uh, Kristen Ashley and I have talked about in what I'm hoping will be a bonus pod episode to come out about the show, uh, there really are few storytellers in the ring like like Joshi and um, Kyrie and Mayu are some of the all-time best. This match built beautifully on the history that these two women share, um, uh, both of the connections that they have, having been such stalwart parts of stardom, and also of the animosity that had brewed ever since Kyrie left five years ago. Um, and yeah, so everything about this match really delivered. And I do believe, um, I know that there are a lot of people who may have preferred to see Mayu win this, but I do understand why this match went to Kyrie in the way that it did. And I think that that's going to be a really interesting place to grow Kyrie's return, continued story in her return to stardom. However, this match is not my sole pick for match of the year because this delivered exactly what I wanted. But then there was the match that I had no idea of what to expect. And I like to think of this match as the the consummate example of the unstoppable force meets immovable object. And that was Masha Slamovich taking on Jordan Grace for the Impact Knockouts Division Championship at Impact's Bound for Glory pay-per-view. This match uh, on paper was bound to be at least decent, if not good, if not even mostly great. But what we got was a all-time classic women's match. We got to see Masha Slamovich's unstoppable, undefeated streak in Impact come to a close in probably the most respectable fashion possible. Her versus Jordan Grace really could have gone either way. Something that is especially good about this match is you could see a credible winner coming out on either side. There was no moment in this match that was a giveaway as to who was going to come out the champion. At any moment, the near falls, every single one of them counted. They made the most out of every single fake out. And it really, it just, it's one of those matches that I have watched three times and every time I get swept up in it. Every time my brain kind of gets tricked thinking that there is going to be a finish that I that isn't the finish that actually happened. There's always this moment in my brain that thinks this time the outcome will be different. But of course, it's not. 
Of course, Jordan retains, but this match is absolutely a must-watch from 2022. Please, if you have not seen it yet, Masha Slamovich versus Jordan Grace won from Bound for Glory. I understand that people may feel that the second match was even better. And for my money, both are just, you can't get much better than that, those two matches. But I'm going to put the first one as my match of the year for the pure surprise factor of having seen something that is going to be one of my favorite matches that I've ever seen. Hey, my name is Kate, and I play guitar in the band Jobber. So it took me forever to narrow down my favorite matches of the year. But after much deliberation, I'd have to say Julia versus Tam Nakano's match at Stardom's five-star Grand Prix took the cake for me. I love to see a years-long bitter rivalry come to blows, especially when it produces such a high-octane match like the one we saw. Um, Julia might be divisive, but she's absolutely magnetic from the moment she descends from the heavens, surrounded by torches with her sick eye patch. And Tam's work was flawless, especially that brutal tiger driver about midway through the match. Towards the end, my heart was like beating out of its chest when there was kick out on one, followed by kick out on one, followed by kick out on one. Um, the pacing of this one was incredible. Um, and then when Julia sealed it with a Northern Lights bomb, it was like the perfect climax. I don't know, everyone. I feel like Julia is really upping her game. Um, so, yeah, I, I, this might be a cliche answer, but that was my favorite match of the year. Hello, everyone. It's everyone's favorite cute and cuddly cryptid, the MB Critter from Appalachia, known as the Bearcat Keith Hot. I just wanted to take some time to tell you what I think is the best women's match of the year. Uh, first of all, there's always amazing matches every year, and this year is no exception. But I gotta give it to the Joshis this year. The two in particular being Tam Nakano versus Nesapoi in a steel cage match on Stardom's Fight in the Top event in Nagoya on June 26th. Where do I even start with this one? This match was... Amazing. It was so brutal. They threw some, some stiff strikes, jaw-dropping suplexes, just bashing each other into the steel cage left and right. It's fantastic. I've always, always been a fan of Joshi Wrestling, ever since the days back when it was Bulnakondo versus Aja Kong. And I loved watching back and all that old tape of that. And those two back in the day had a steel cage match that was just amazing. And this match also gave me that vibe. And just... I loved every single second of it. My, my, well, the only true nitpick I might have is that in order to win, it was very unique that you had to pin your opponent and escape. I'm not really a fan of escape rules, but it didn't really matter for this match. It was, it was They used that gimmick to its best ability. There was one amazing moment where they climbed up and they were just slapping each other until they couldn't anymore, and they both fell back in with exhaustion. Oh, it was beautiful. It was awesome. Uh, Tam Nakano looked like a killer in this match. And just an absolute beast. And Natsupoi always has that good fighting spirit and intense underdog babyface energy. It's it's such a good match. I cannot recommend this card and this match. They stole the show. It's it's a match of the year, no doubt. Tam Nakano versus Natsupoi. Go watch it. Hi, my name is Kristen Ashley, and I am a women's wrestling contributor for Pro Wrestling Illustrated. My match of the year is Tom Nakano versus Natsupoi in Stardom. June 26th at Stardom Fight in the Top 
It was Stardom's first ever steel cage match. Some background on it, uh, Natsu Poi challenged Tom for the Wonder of Stardom Championship earlier in the year, uh, and she lost, but she really never lost her hatred for Tom, which sort of set up this match series and the cage match as well. Um, the rules of the cage match were someone must get a three count before attempting to escape the cage, and the only way to escape was from the top, since padlocks were put um, on both of the doors in the cage. So right off the bat, I feel like I need a tetanus shot just looking at the cage. If this is the first cage match, I need to know where they get this cage from because it is nasty. Uh, it's pure hatred from the get-go. There's slap marks, there's bleeding, stuff I'm not normally used to seeing in stardom. They both use the cage in just a brutal way, which again, I'm not used to seeing in the US. Um, Natsupoi scrapes Tom's face across the cage. Uh, they're both at the top throwing blows. It's very emotional. Um, and they both fall in uh, in the ring. But when Tom falls in, she went down so roughly, I honestly thought she would never get up. Um, throughout the match, there's great physical and emotional moments. It's very, very heated. Um, Tom got the match going, got the pinfall by pinning Natsupoi with her very violent, uh, violent screwdriver, which it was nasty looking. It was so great. Um, Tom escaped uh, eventually and won the match after 25 minutes. Um, didn't take her long after pinning Natsupoi, so much of the, most of the match happened in the ring. Uh, again, I was convinced several times that the women were out and they would throw the X, and they never did. Um, they really surprised, I think, everybody, especially me. Um, it was an incredible moment for not just stardom, but for those two women in particular. After the match was incredibly emotional, Tom comes over after winning, goes back in the cage, um, and is just sort of hovering over Natsupoi and crying, and it's just it's very emotional. You feel all of all of this like release happening. Um, the match itself gets 4.5 stars, uh, which is not uh, untypical. It's happened before, and it probably will happen again. Um, af after the match, Natsupoi said in her promo she wasn't done. Um, she still wanted to go at Tom, and she was going to knock her off the top, and she did. She she eventually they go on and into the match series, and she does win against Tom. Um, in July, <laughs> Natsupoi uh, actually turns on Julia at mid its Midsummer Champions in July. Eventually, turns on Julia um, and joins Cosmic Angels. So uh, it was sort of this pairing between Natsupoi and Tom in the making. My match of the year by far. That's our show. Thank you so much for this thing. As always, I know for a fact that you haven't seen all of those matches that they just mentioned. There's no way you did. I would bet good money there's at least six matches on that list that you haven't seen before. And you heard our friends talk so passionately about how great those matches were and how much they loved them. So do them a favor. Do yourself a favor. Go track them down. Go to YouTube. Go to IWTV. Go to Peacock. Find those matches. Give them a watch. You will not be disappointed, I'm sure. And then vote. Once again, in this year's Glitter Bombs, please vote. Tell your friends to vote. The more people who vote, the more our winners can brag about winning. Oh, yeah, like 70 people voted, and we I still came out number one as the best heel. You know? That sort of thing. Next week on the show, it'll be back to the good old days. A classic Grit and Glitter, me and M Fear talking about Ring of Honor. Because this weekend, it is final battle. Mercedes Martinez versus Athena 
for the ROH Women's Championship. We'll be talking about that next week. Maybe we'll talk about the PWI Take Team 50 as well. Maybe we'll just hang out and chill. It's coming up on Christmas season, you know? Time to relax. 